We've started in Ezra, so let's uh, turn back there and uh, some good thoughts. It's always exciting. Listen, uh, again, those principles, hey, wherever you find a principle in the Word of God, it works all through the Word of God. Amen. So you can find it way back uh, there in the Old Testament. It works for us. Now we know there's things different uh, in, in, in the New Testament, right? The Old Testament, they celebrate the day of rest. We celebrate the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Uh, back then, they had the temple like we see here. Uh, today, we are the temple. Amen. And uh, that's exciting. And uh, we see here in Ezra where they laid the foundation. You know what happened the day you got? They laid the foundation of the temple. And the day you got saved, you know what happened? The foundation of the temple was laid in you, right? No other foundation can be laid than that which is laid was Christ Jesus our Lord. The foundation was laid, amen, for you to be the temple of God the day you got saved. It's a lot of good stuff. But let's look at Ezra chapter 5 and we'll read verses 1 through 5 in the Word of God. Ezra chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Say this, and I'm excited. I'm starting off with my... Uh, you got a new Bible, so I got a brand new, got, went to the larger print, went to the larger print, uh, you know, I, not that I need it, brother, it's just so I can stand back further and still read it, or if I lose my glasses, look, uh, I think that's chapter five, uh, well, anyways, chapter five, verses one through five, say this, then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Iddo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel. Has anybody named their son Zerubbabel? I don't know if he, I don't know if he had any sons and they were named Junior. I don't know. Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. At the same time came to them Tatnai, governor on this side of the river, and Shetharbazani. Wow, there's a name. That's why a lot of preachers cough when they try to read these names. <laughs> and their companions. And said thus unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? Then said we unto them after this manner, What are the names of the men that make this building? Verse 5. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease, till the matter came to Darius, and then they returned answer by letter concerning this matter. Good stuff. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, again, we just praise you, glory in you, boast in you, magnify you, rest in you, trust in you, lean on you, turn it all over to you, and Lord, we desire you. And Lord, you're a good God. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for each one here today that's saved by the grace of God, that Lord, they can all lift their hand, lift their heart and say, Lord, who am I? Lord, thank you for that good song. And Lord, I pray that we'd always be humble and thankful for the day you came our way. And Lord, you, uh, through your Holy Spirit and your word, you convicted us and you opened our eyes of understanding that we saw we were sinners destined for hell lest we repent and put our trust in the shed blood and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving us. Lord, I pray for those that may be listening or here that aren't saved. Oh, God, be a great day to see somebody born again in the family of God. Lord, you know the needs among us. Lord, I think of those that are traveling. I think of those that will be traveling. Lord, watch over them. Lord, I pray for physical needs. Lord, we think of Sonny this morning. <laughs> we think of Sister Barnett. We think of Donna. Lord, uh, we think of Lisa and Lynn's uh, mother. We think of Sister Carpenter and just so many 
uh, that are in need physically. Help them. Or again, the spiritual needs. Lord, those that need salvation, restoration, just grace for continuation. And Lord, just so many things, dear God, those that need wisdom and maybe their job situation. Lord, we think of lost loved ones. Just so many things to pray about this morning. And Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, Lord, help us to be attentive. And Lord, help us to grow in the things of God, that in everything you'd get the glory and you'd build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And so we've been looking at Ezra the last few weeks. Again, we've been uh, just uh, just review. We saw again that biblical faith must be restored, right? We want to have biblical faith. We want to have biblical worship. And again, I, I like that. So often we use the term uh, uh, traditional. You look at church signs. They say, well, you know, contemporary service then, uh, traditional then. Listen, uh, uh, one thing I never went in on our sign is we have a traditional service. If we're going to put up, we're going to say we have a biblical service to the best of our ability, right? We, and uh, he, even again, uh, talking about not to get sidetracked, people talk about traditional marriage. And I say, hey, you know what? I don't believe in traditional marriage. Just don't. I believe in biblical marriage. Don't be afraid to say that, right? Biblical. So we want biblical faith. We want to have biblical worship. And again, we mentioned as God uh, prepares us for the future, how does he do that? Sometimes he's got to come by and disturb our present. And God wants to do that. And then we see how God always has a purpose and plan for his people. You know, sometimes if you work for a, a company and you're talking about something, you go up and you ask your boss, say, uh, what would you like to do here? How do you want this to unfold? He's like, mm, let me stop and think. Just get back with me on that. You know what? God never says, oh, get back with me on that. Give me time to think about it. He's got it figured out, right? The purpose and plan that he has for your life that he has for this local church. So God wants to move his work forward and he seeks those that what? That want to work Right. Thirty five years later, I still want to work. Amen. And move it forward. And again, that it requires for that to happen in the church. The church has to be in unity for it to move forward. And then uh, today, what we see here actually is a restart, a restart in God's work. You know, Ezra began with a new start. Right. They were coming out of captivity. And so they were getting an opportunity for a new start. Right. Coming out of captivity. And then uh, now we see a restart. And we need to realize that, you know, in, in the Christian life is about a lot of times. It's about a new start, right? They, I got saved. I got a new start. Hey, and you know what? I haven't had to get, in 35 years, I haven't had to get saved again, right? He gave me that new start. The day I got saved, I got a new start, amen, new opportunities. But you know what? Over the last 35 years, sometimes I've had to, hit, I've had to do a restart, <laughs> I've had to do a restart a few times, but thank God I never had a new start. Once you're saved, you're saved. And so the Christian life sometimes is a series of new beginnings. Sometimes we just say, hey, you know, uh, new beginnings in our life. And sometimes it's the same way for the church. Sometimes he comes in and do something new, right? He says, hey, hey, you need to change this in your life. And sometimes he says to a church, you need to uh, change this. And we see that here, right? The new starts and restarts and, and uh, a new and a renew and a restart and a speed up, right? We see uh, that in here as well. So we see, we know that they had rebuilt the altar, Right. First thing you start, hey, before you get to the big stuff, hey, where are you meeting with God? Make sure you have that place that you meet with God. Make sure that place that you know that he, where he communes with you and you commune with him, right? So that, that altar, and then they had laid the foundation, right? And they, so they had worked for four years diligently. Then it had come to a halt. We saw that last week, right? 
uh, where uh, the opposition showed up. We'll see some of that again today. But in Ezra chapter 4, verse 24, it says this. Remember, they made the accusations, and then the letter came back, and it says this in verse 24 of Ezra 4. Then cease the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And so it ceased under the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia, which is what we'll notice today. Now, what they had accomplished was still there, but it was not progressing. It was there, but it wasn't progressing. And as we'll see, you know what? It's not enough just to be there. <laughs> it's not enough just to be there. Hey, we got a church there. Well, yeah, sometimes not just enough. Just the fact that it's there, well, it needs to be progressing. Was it there, but it wasn't progressing. They knew what they were supposed to do. They just need to get busy doing it. So what did God do? Well, we see what he did. We see it is preaching God's message that gets things going. It's preaching God's message that gets things going. So what did the Lord do? He sent a couple of preachers by. So we see this in verse 1. What do you see? Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah. So the prophets go up and preached. And then you see in verse 2, the people got up to build. So the preachers got up and preached. And then the people got back up to build. That's what you see in this portion of Scripture. You see, God's way of stirring His people to action is still preaching. Amen? It's still the preaching of the Word of God that gets the job done in the hearts and lives of people. The modern and the liberals make light of preaching. But God's desire and God's way is clear. God has chosen the preaching of his word to get the job done. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And let's notice here, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning of verse 17, says this. 1 Corinthians 1, 17, for Christ, Paul said, for Christ sent me not to baptize. That doesn't mean that baptism doesn't have his place. Amen. But you need to understand the priority, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us, unto us, that you and me that are born again by the grace, it is what? It's the power of God. It's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the rise? Where is the scribe? Where is the dispute of the world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, I like that, the world by wisdom knew not God, their worldly wisdom. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Listen, God is pleased. When the gospel is preached, God is pleased when his message is preached. God is pleased when the word of God goes out. And through the Holy Spirit of God, the word of God convicts people of sin. It convicts people of their need to be saved. It opens their eyes of understanding and shows them their need of salvation. And then those that are saved, amen, and they, maybe they get sidetracked or maybe they get their eyes on other things. And so God is pleased when the word of God goes forth and, amen, turns the their eyes and say, hey, stop looking at self. Stop looking at situation circumstance. Stop looking at the world and say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what the word of God, that we get together, amen. We've been out in the world all week and God says, hey, right now God's going like this. Get your eyes back on me. Get your eyes back on me. And so he gives the word of God to do that. Notice verse 22. The Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. 
But what's he say? But we preach Christ crucified. Amen. That's always the most important message. Christ crucified under the Jews, a stumbling block under the Greeks, foolishness. Notice these statements. If you just take three statements there, notice the first one, Jews require. Notice the second one, Greeks seek. And then notice the one, but we preach. (laughs) The Jews require this. Well, the Greeks seek after that. But you know what? We preach. So that's, that's, a good, that's a good message for the modern church. We don't need to do a survey to see what people require. We don't need to do a survey to find out what people in this generation, well, this generation is different. No, it's not. They're still born sinners, and they're still going to go to hell if they don't get saved. Right? So we know what they require. I don't have to take a survey to find out that what they require. The Bible tells me what they require. They need the preaching of the Word of God in the power of God. That's what they need. So I don't need to worry about what, well, the Jews require. Well, you know, we have a, 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 a diverse group of people in our church, and we know this group, this group requires that, and that group uh, seeks that. And you know what I say? I don't care. I like that for now. That's real loving, isn't it? Right? What I care about is what you need, not what you require, not what you seek, but what you need according to the Word of God. And that what do you need? You need the preaching of the Word of God. You need Jesus Christ. Amen. You need to get saved by Him. And then you need to fall in love with Him and give your life to Him. So we don't need a survey to see what people require or seek. We just need to preach the gospel and sow the seed. That's what we need. You think of Paul. When Paul was preparing to leave this world, what did he do? He charged Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, you know those verses. As a matter of fact, I was saved 35 years ago, and just a couple months after I got saved, I was called to preach. So you see, I'm a slow learner. I'm a slow learner, but that's all right. I hadn't quit, amen? I haven't given up, still trying to learn, but he used these verses. 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who so judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Verse 2, what did he say? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So you know what uh, Paul is saying to Timothy? Uh, he said, Paul, I'm getting ready to go a few verses down. He said, Paul, I'm getting ready to leave the scene. But I want you to know something, son. I want you to know something. What worked in my generation will work in your generation. I'm glad what worked in my grandfather's generation, now that I'm the the grandfather, amen, my grandfather said to me, grandson, stick with the book. And now I'm the grandfather, and I want to say to my grandchildren, stick with the book, stick with the book. What worked in my generation will work in your generation, and that's the preaching of the Word of God, the preaching of the Word of God. So we get back to our uh, uh, scripture here. So God sent the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to preach and stir his people. Let me give you a a, a couple. Turn over to Haggai, right? That's in the white pages. Right? How many have had read Haggai in the last year or the last two? Let's just go the last two years. Okay, right. Okay, good, good. Right? All right. So there's a little bit of color there. Right? Right? Haggai chapter 1. What do we see here? So Haggai, God sent Haggai to preach to them. And verse 1 says this, In the second year of Darius the king, right, that's when they came there, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shetil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, 
Look at here, verse 2. Thus speaketh the Lord. What did he say? He said, this is what God said. What are we doing? What do we do today? That's what people need to know. Hey, this is what God said. And here's what he said, saying, This people say, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Notice that statement. This people say, it's not time. You know what? That's why we don't listen to people. Amen. When it comes to the things of God, right? We want to know. I don't want to hear what people say. Matter of fact, I'm getting kind of tired of what people say in this day and age about the things of God. You know, people always saying this and people saying that. You know what? Listen, I really don't care what people say. I care what God says, the way that God wants to uh, work in people's lives, the way that God wants to build his church. So he says, listen, this is what people say. Well, listen, we need to know what God says. You want to know what God says? Look down to verse 8. You gotta, this is a good verse. I really like this verse. Verse 8 of Haggai chapter 1. Notice what it says. Go up to the mountain and bring the wood and build the house. So three words you need to take out of that. Go, bring, build. Go bring, build. You know what our mission in the, for the church today is? Our job, right? In 2022, as a, as a local Bible-believing church, as believers, what is our job? Go bring, build. That is still our job today, to go bring them in. You want me to sing for you? Bring them in. Okay, there you go, right? Bring them in. That's still our job. Go bring and build. That is still our responsibility. And you know what the result of that is? The second half of this verse will tell you what the result of that is. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You want to glor- Do you want to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ today? Do you want to glorify God? Do you want to please your beloved Savior? Do you want to know how to do that? Go bring, build. It's still the same method. It hasn't changed. Go bring, build. That's all you, if you don't remember anything else, go bring, build. What do I want to do this week? I want to go bring, build. Hey, I want to help my church. How can I do that? Go bring, build. Just like it says right there, you know, and you'll please your Lord and you'll glorify your Savior if you'll just go bring and build. We are dependent upon the Lord to accomplish his work. So Haggai was there. Zechariah was there. And what did God say to Zechariah? We all know this verse. Zechariah 4, 6 says what? Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto what? Zerubbabel. Same, same uh, person there saying what? Not by might nor by power, but how? But by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's how he gets it done. God's work is not just about being busy. It's not just about being busy. It's about having his touch upon us as we move forward. It's not just about being busy for the Lord. Amen. I don't want to just be busy for the Lord. I want to move forward for the Lord. But when I do that, I want to have the touch of God upon me as I move forward. I want the church to have the touch of God upon them as they move forward. Why? Because Jesus said, what do you say in John 15? Without me, you can do nothing. Now, let me tell you what that means. Exactly what it says. (laughs) Nothing. Zippo. Nada. Forget it. You can't do it without him. We need the Spirit of God. We need the guidance of God. Listen, there's no doubt God wanted his work done. There's no doubt that God wanted to use his people to get it done. Right? But there's no doubt he did not want it done 
in the power of the flesh. He wanted it done in the power of the Spirit. Paul, 1 Thessalonians 1.5, one of my favorite verses, right? Says what? For our gospel came not unto you in word only. You see, it's not just about getting the word out, right? There's a lot, you know what? There's a lot of people out there getting the word out, if you will. But he said, well, our gospel came not in you word only, but in power, the Holy Ghost, and much assurance. And that's how we want the word of God to go out today. It is through his spirit. Somehow, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how it works. All I know is it does work. But somehow through his word and somehow through his spirit, right? As we, as we uh, turn to the word and yield to the spirit, somehow he amazingly gives us the ideas and directions we need to fulfill his will for our life, just like he did them. I don't, I don't know how all that works. All I know is for the last 35 years, amen, it has worked and it still does. Now look at, you got, you got to love verse five. I like, look at this verse, Ezra five. Turn back to Ezra chapter five and you have to love verse five. It says this, but the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews. You see, the preaching of the word of God went out. The people got stirred and they got back to working again. And then uh, look, at, look, at, uh, look at what it says there. Look at, look at what it says. It says they could not cause them to cease. They could not cause them to cease. What a, what a, wonderful, what a wonderful thing that is. But listen. Back up for a minute and go back to verse 3. We'll get to that in a minute, but I want you to notice something again in verse 3. It says this, At the same time came to them Tatnai, governor on this side of the river, and there's that big long name, Shitharbazani, did I do pretty good there? And their companions, and said thus unto them, Who commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? You know what they're saying to them? They're saying, hey, where did you get your authority? Where did you get your authority? Hey, I remember them saying that to, um, them saying that to somebody else in Matthew 21, 23. It says this. And when he was coming to the temple, talking about Jesus, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? See, they're always wondering, hey, who gave you the right to do this? Who gave you the right to do this? That's what they said to Jesus. Listen, we do have an authority by which we operate, right? John 20, verse 21 says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. That is your authority. Boy, when you're knocking doors and said, Hey, what, what gives you the right to knock on my door? Who gave you the authority to knock on my door? Right there's a verse to use. God gave me the authority. As he sent his son, so he has sent me in the world to seek and to save that which is lost. Acts 4.10, I like this. Be it known unto you all and to all the people that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, even by him, this man, to stand here before you. He said, listen, what you just saw done right here, this man get healed, it was done in the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Notice something else in verse 3. Not only did he say, who hath commanded you, but notice how that verse starts. Look at verse 3 again. It says, at the same time came to them Tatnai, the governor on this side of the river, and Shethbarzani, 
and their companions. Now, notice that statement. At the same time came this, and came this, and came this. Think about that for a second. At the same time came this, these, and these, and these. Here's why I want you to get that thought. Notice, at the same time. What happened? The, 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 the Word of God begins to move, and so the opposition shows back up, right? When you get busy for God, the opposition's going to show back up. And so this is why I want you to notice that. At the same time, several people or several things showed up. So let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed in your life when you're trying to move forward for God that several points of opposition show up at the same time? (laughs) At the same time. Not just one person showed up, but this person showed up, right? Then this person, and then a group of them showed up. When? At the same time. So remember that thought when you're getting serious about God and you're trying to uh, uh, move forward for God, right? That when several points of opposition show up, listen, how many times have you used this phrase, when it rains, it pours? Why do you say that? Because many things, points of opposition showed up at the same time in your life when you're trying to keep your focus on God. But remember this. I wrote this down. When everything seems to be going wrong, when everything seems to be, when it seems that all these things, all these points of opposition showed up at the same time, listen, when everything seems to be going wrong, don't be discouraged because that just may be evidence you're doing everything right. You see, why did all these, why did all these points of opposition show up at the same time? Because they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were moving forward once again, right, in the work of God. They were trying to build the, the, the they got serious once again, right? They were yielding to the preaching of the word of God, and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And since they were doing everything right, all these points of opposition showed up at the same time. And you can expect that in your life when you're trying to move forward and when the church is trying to move forward, you can expect many points of opposition to show up. Well, I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to chapter, verse five again. So they're moving forward. All these points of opposition show up, but thank God for verse five. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews that what they could not cause them to cease. I like that. <laughs> they could not cause them to cease. You know what? You, you, you follow Paul's life and you, you, that list where he says, man, I've been stoned, I've been in the deep, I've been in prison, I've been beat, I've been this happened and that happened and that happened. I said, man, how'd you like to have been the, the, the devil that was responsible for getting rid of Saul? Man, he said, and he go, going back and then reporting to Satan himself, right? <sighs> I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> sir, we've tried everything. We cannot get this man to cease. He just keeps going. Why? Why? We tried to stone him to death, but we ended up just rocking him to sleep. Amen. He got back up and went on for God. We can't get this man to cease. Hey, that's the kind of testimony uh, that we have. Hey, listen, uh, this church has been here 40 years. This church has been through a lot of things. It's been through its up and downs, right? But it's still here. And we want, amen, we want to put the world on notice. We want to put the devil on notice. We want to put even our own flesh on notice. Hey, we refuse to cease. We refuse to quit. Well, that doesn't matter what happens, amen. We want to keep moving forward for God. 
I want to keep moving forward for God. You want to keep moving forward for God. We want to have the testimony that no matter, right, the ups and downs of this church, no matter what, listen, it's still here. Why? Because you're still here. Every one of you have been through something. I've been through stuff. Even in that, we don't have to go back 30 years. Even the last three years, four years, we've all been through something. But we're here. We didn't quit. We didn't cease. The work is still here, and the work is moving forward. Amen? And so let our enemies... Let's have that testimony, man. We refuse to quit. Amen. They can't get us to quit. It says they refused to cease. Amen. And I want to say this morning, I refuse to cease. Amen. As long as God gives me breath, as long as God lets me on this earth, I have no greater desire in my heart. Amen. Than to do the very will. Just like when I jumped on that plane. Amen. The day after getting in. Amen. I'm willing to do the same today. I'm still willing to go where he'd have me to go and do what we'd have me to do. And I'm glad that 35 years later, I can say this very day, I stand in the will of God. I stand in the will of God, and that's what matters. Just like the church in Acts. Over there in Acts 4, let me give you a couple verses. And they called them and commanded them, what? Not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Hey, didn't we command you? But Peter and John answered them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Sorry, I know you tried to get us to cease, but we refused to cease. Boy, that was in Acts 4. Man, you just go one more chapter over, you see the same situation. And when they had brought them, they set before the council and the high priest said, Hey, didn't we straightly command you? Didn't we show up and tell you to stop this work? Did, we, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in his name? And behold, ye filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Well, that's the best thing that could happen to you, <laughs> his blood to come upon you, amen, in the right way. Verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered said, we ought to obey God rather than man. That's still the right answer. That's still uh, the right answer. Listen, we refuse to cease. They come and try to lock them doors. Listen, we refuse to cease. We ought to obey God rather than man. You see, they understood what they were supposed to do. You know why? Because they understood who they were. They understood what they were supposed to do. And listen, they understood who they were. We need to understand who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to understand who we are. Look at verse 11. And thus they returned us an answer. And what was that answer? We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. And build the house that was built these many years ago, which a great king of Israel builded and set up. Listen, what are we? We are the servants of God of heaven and earth. Why won't we quit? Because we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. Amen. Why don't we want to quit? Right? Because we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. What's your authority? We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. Hey, you say, well, oh, but that's in Ezra. Okay, well, then we'll bring it over to the New Testament. We all know 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now, hey, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I don't know what I'm going to be, but I'm excited about what I am right now. All I know is it's going to be better, but hey, I'm excited about what I am right now. Hey, why don't I want to quit? Because now I'm a son of God. Why do I want to move forward? Because now I'm a son of God. That's why. Same answer. You see, this is why we do what we do. We have a mission. What is it? To build his work. We have a means. 
by his spirit. And we have a motive to his glory. You see, it hasn't changed. All through the word of God, you see, the mission was the same. Build his work. All through his word, the, mission, the, the means is the same. Not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. We have the same means, right? And then we have the same motive. It's still our, our motive today, right, in 2022 is what? To, to, to give him the glory that he deserved. You see, you see, they were saying, who gave you? They were talking about earthly. That's why in chapter four, when they when they when they uh, 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 when the letter came back, they ceased to work. Oh, well, see, King King Silas uh, gave uh, gave permission. Right. So this earthly king gave you the permission. So this earthly king can take your permission. That's the wrong thinking. You know, I've heard people say, well, even today, not to get sidetracked, well, a church shouldn't be a 5013C because if a government gives you permission, it can take your permission. Not, <laughs> listen, no, no, I don't want to get sidetracked on that. Listen, no, listen, it's not about, a, I'm not here today. We don't have this church today because an earthly king gave us permission. Amen. We are not here today. We're not meeting here today because some earthly king gave us permission. We are here because a heavenly king gave us a commission. That's why we're here. We're not here by permission. We're here because of the commission, the greatest commission that God gave us, amen, to be his church and to preach the word and get the gospel out around the world. So whether that earthly king gives me, hey, if he gives me permission, well, I thank you, sir. I appreciate that. But if he takes it away, I still have my commission. Amen. And that's why I'll keep going. Whether I have the earthly king's permission or not, amen, I'm going to stick with my commission to keep moving forward for God. Hey, we'll, 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 we'll lock that building. Amen. We'll lock you up. Oh, listen, what did Paul say when Paul was locked up? He said, hey, listen, the word of God, is, but it abounds. Amen. Hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, that's their business. They can be about their business, but I'm still going to stay about my father's business. Again, look at verse 5. But the eye of their God was upon. The eye of their God was upon. What a statement. What a statement. You see, where, where, where are God's eyes today? God's eyes are upon you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Isn't that a wonderful thought that God's eyes are upon you? His eye is on the sparrow. <laughs> but aren't you more what? Much more, <laughs> you're worth more than a sparrow. Boy, if he if he'd watch a sparrow, I guarantee whatever's whatever's going like it. That's why I, I, one of my favorite verses there in Revelation says he is the true and he's the faithful witness. You see, you, there's things going on in your life maybe nobody else knows about. There's burdens you're carrying that maybe nobody else knows about. There's things you're dealing with that maybe nobody else knows about. But that's okay because there's a faithful witness. He knows and he cares. Amen. And he's watching over you. So don't you ever think when you're alone, don't you ever think when, you know, the, the devil's throwing all that stuff, when all those uh, uh, points of opposition show up at the same time, don't believe him. Don't you believe him. His eyes upon you. And he, he, he's in control of what's going on and he cares what's going on. His eye is upon you. You can rest in that truth. You can rest in that faithfulness. Verse 8, 
It says this, be, no, be it known unto the king that we went to the province of Judea to the house of the great God. I like that. And that's what, you know what we are? We are still the house of the great God, which is built with great stones. You know what you are? You're a great stone. Peter calls you what? Yeah, ye as living stones. You're a great stone. Right? It says, and timber is laid in the walls. And what? And his work, I like this. His work goeth fast on. <laughs> I like that. His work goeth fast on. You see, sometimes, like I said before, sometimes you, you got to have a, 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 a new starting point. Sometimes you got to have a renew and a, all this. And sometimes you just need to speed up. Amen. You need to check where you're at or not. But I like that statement. It was fast on and prospereth in their hands. Fast on, that means speed or diligence, eagerly, exact, with care. Now, uh, it says that they went fast on, but they didn't go carelessly. We want to go fast on, but we don't want to go carelessly. Amen. They were consciously, they went with care and conscious, but they moved forward as quick as the work would allow them. And then we come, turn over to chapter 6, and we'll finish with verse 14. Chapter 6, we'll finish with 14. It says, And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered. They builded, and they prospered. How did they build, and how did they prosper? Look at this. Through the prophesying. How? Through the preaching. Through the preaching. Hey, people, people trying to come up with plans. People trying to come up with programs. People trying to come up with this and that. But how do they build? How do they prosper? Through the preaching of the Word of God. Stick with the book, son. Stick with the book. They build it. And what? It says here, the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Iddo. And what? And they built it and they finished it. What did Paul say? I have finished my course. Hey, what do I want to be able to say? Listen, if, if, if the Lord lets me say goodbye to my loved ones, if the Lord lets me say goodbye to the church before I pass on, if I got a few, I want to be able to look my children and my grandchildren, hopefully great grandchildren, great grandchildren in the eye. Say, boy, say, young'uns. I finished my course. I did what he called me to do. I didn't always get it right, but I didn't give up the fight. Amen. And I finished my course. And hey, that's what we want to have that testimony. As long as God gave us the ability, we built it. Amen. And we finished. So think about this today, my friend. Do you need a new start? Like they, this book began of, hey, a new start. Hey, if you're not saved... If you're listening, you're here, you're not saved, you're not 100% sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, before you walk out of here today, you can have a new start through the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have a new start. But let me ask you, maybe you are saved this morning, but for some reason the work has ceased, if you will, and you need a restart. Do you need a restart? Do you need a new start? Do you need a restart? What do you need today? You know, it's sad. Just like here, they, 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 God brought them to Jerusalem. They got that new start and they built it diligently for four years and then it ceased. Thank God we see where it picked up again. But it's sad to see a believer rolling along and then halt. Well, how many times do I see that? Somebody gets saved, they get excited, they roll along diligently for a while and for whatever reason, they halt. Boy, sometimes, I don't know, does it seem like they get back or... I've, how many, I've, read, I've read into my friends and say, oh, man, Jeff's been a while since I saw but, you know, I went through a time period where I was out of church. I went a time period that I got sidetracked. 
Well, they're saying I halted, but you know what? But they're saying, Jeff, I'm glad I can say one day I went back to church and I renewed. <laughs> Amen. I didn't need a new start, but I got a restart. Amen. And got back on track. See? See, see even, when, even when they weren't progressing, they were there. There was a time period they were there, but they weren't progressing. So, hey, I'm glad you're here, but are you progressing? We need to ask ourselves, we're here, but are we progressing? So we should let us pray this today. If we, are, if we are saying, Lord, I want to serve you, but I need your Holy Spirit guiding me, controlling me, speaking to me, and working through me. Lord, I, I just don't want to be going through the motions. Amen. I want to know that your touch is upon what I'm doing. Amen. And I'm prospering in the way. So a lot of things in, we saw in the Word of God today, but where do you find yourself in that? Amen. Need a new start or restart or amen? Or just saying, Lord, don't let me quit. Amen. Don't let me quit. May, 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 maybe you got started one day and hey, you say, no, I look back over 30, 40, 50 years and I haven't quit. And so they just come today and say, Lord, don't let me quit. However many days I got left, Lord, amen, I don't want to cease. I don't want to be there a point, amen, where I lag in your will for my life. Let's pray.